Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Ryan J. Clark. He is a personal finance expert and founder and CEO of Cube Money, which is a company based in Pleasant Grove, Utah. Welcome to the Money Answer Show, Ryan. Thank you. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Just give us your history briefly before you founded Cube Money and what led up to the finding of Cube Money. So my background is in financial planning and coaching, like you're saying. And Cube really came about because I was frustrated. I knew exactly what my, my clients needed to be able to have more success with money, and that solution wasn't on the marketplace. Okay, so you've been a financial planner for a while. So what do you, what, in observing people, what do you see as far as people budgeting their money and what needed to be done better? So the main, the main problem is that the environment that money works in today is so dramatically different than what it used to be 20, 30, 40 years ago because everything's gone digital. And in that digital move, people have lost that, well, they've become disconnected with what money is. I mean, look at what drives money usage today. It's rewards on your credit card. It's, your, it's the interest rate that you can get uh, either on your credit card or with, with loans you can get. So it's become very debt-driven, which is not, that's not good money management principles. Good money management principles start with cash flow and controlling how you allocate and utilize your dollars, right? And that piece is so difficult digitally because everything's put into one pot, right? You're not getting 520s or something that's easily divisible in your hands, it's all just lumped into one pot and all the expenses come out of one pot and so it's very difficult for people to actually break things up. And what the markets try to do is give us after the fact type of of tools to track where the money's going, but this isn't how people naturally work with money. I mean, when you think about it, if someone has $1,000, they're going to sit down with that $1,000 ideally and try to plan out, If if they had to send a paper check, for example, Right? Or if they had to go down to the store and pay with a $100 bill, paying cash, they, they, would, they would sit down, they would take those dollars, and before they made the payments, they would, they would go through and make sure they had enough to pay whomever they were going to pay. None of this happens today. Right? It's all after the fact. It's all, hey, this happened, and then you're able to respond to it. Oh, there's an overdraft. Whoops. And then the systems that we have tell us that we made mistakes, and then we say, oh, shoot, well, maybe I'll do better next month. And that's about the level of accountability that people have today. And so it's very haphazard. It's, it's very much focused on just making more money, and there's not as much focus on uh, controlling your, your funds. And it all comes back to the environment the money is playing inside of uh, more so than people's own, own habits. It's the, the, the environment itself is very uh, debilitating. So you're saying that people spend differently based on the form of money, if it's physical cash or checks, they spend differently than if it's all done with credit cards and debit cards and buying things online. It it actually psychologically is a different way of spending. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. There's there's this massive disconnection. Uh, Digital money, people don't don't sit there and and think, do I have enough to buy all this? They might do a little mental math as they're standing in line, but they're often wrong. And then you get those overdraft fees and it happens all the time, right? That's one of the big, the big selling factors uh, for us specifically right now is we do the big, big marketing push, there's no, over, there's no overdraft fees. And you'll see that in a lot of uh, new, new digital platforms, uh, these uh, neobanks that are coming out, some of our competitors, 
where they really focus on no overdraft fees because it's a huge problem. People don't manage their money as well as they used to, and it's just so easy to swipe that card and spend and think about it later. So tell us specifically what Cube Money is. It actually was officially launched at the beginning of this year. Is that correct? And it's, a, it's an correct. app only? It's only on your phone? Or can you do it on your computer as well? And explain exactly what you get when you sign up for Cube Money. So we provide an, an app and a debit card. And the, the entire goal is to take the, the behaviors that, uh, that cash and the envelope, the cash envelope budgeting method, uh, utilized, which is, which it, cash envelopes was the only system previously, uh, that required the user to have to think about how they were spending their money before they did it. And, um, and, and so now with Cube, what we've done is we've mimicked that same behavior. So in using Cube, you've got the app and what the system requires you to have to do is to think, where's this money come from and do I have enough? The same two questions that everyone should be asking themselves that does any kind of planning. Where is it coming from? Is it coming from food? Is it coming from fun? Is it coming from uh, Christmas? Uh, where is it coming from? And so they make a choice, and that's where the power is, and they make sure they have enough money, and now the money is available to them to spend. So what that looks like on the app is you just open the app, you tap on which category or envelope or cube, as we call them, uh, that you're going to spend from, and now that money, just that money of that particular cube is available on the card to spend. There's no overdraft just like with cash, if you have $100 in cash uh, physically with Cube, it would be the same thing. If it says $100 in there, you can only spend up to $100. Now, you always have the freedom to transfer money between Cubes, but that also requires someone to have to think about and weigh in their priorities, which is a powerful, powerful moment, right? Do I want to take money from my weekend adventure? Well, no, I really don't. Well, maybe I'm going to buy less stuff right now then, right? So they, people can have this these moments with themselves looking at real data before they make a transaction rather than trying to figure it out afterwards and not having the ability to, uh, to really do that effectively. So it imposes a certain amount of discipline as to where the money is coming from, as you've said, one big, big pot. Right. When it's all in one big pot, nobody, it, it, it makes it really, really hard. Yeah, so it does. So the, the system naturally the environment of how money works changes, and it makes it incredibly easy, very simple. And um, our, our users, we have, we have a whole handful of, of users that report just crazy savings after just using us for uh, for a couple of months. We've got two people that I know of specifically that have been on for just a couple of months, and they've already saved over $5,000. Um, and, and, and we see this trend a lot where people are saving uh, tremendous amounts of money because the environment has changed. It makes it easy to uh, to have purpose with your money. So explain to me the relationship between your debit card and somebody's bank. They've got bank XYZ. They've got a certain amount of money in there. The money is separated into different cubes only on the app. I mean, there's nothing changing in the bank account. It's just in the app is where you have a certain amount of money for food and fun and all the different categories. Is that right? Well, yeah, but, but from the user's perspective, how it looks for them and how, it, how it's completely experienced is, is like a bunch of little mini bank accounts. Um, you could call them sub-accounts because each one behaves completely independent of the other. So, I mean, you do deposit all your money into, into one place, which we call the cloud, the cube cloud, and that's money that is unallocated 
It has, it doesn't have any purpose yet. It's just money sitting there. And from that point, you then have to move your money into your, into your different cubes and give them purpose. And that's a, that's a very specific activity that's it's really important. And if you think about it, that's what everyone does, right? You get paid and now you've got this big chunk of cash and now you have to figure out how you want to deploy those dollars. So this activity is built into the app as part of the system. It doesn't just go in and then people just start spending out of it and everything becomes reactionary. No, that, that method is what leads people to, to pain and, <laughs> and just being in, in, in a mess and a world of financial hurt. Uh, Cube is very proactive. You get paid, you then decide exactly how you want your money deployed, and that activity is very empowering for people. Because now, if you're down at the carnival with your kids, you're not worrying about, oh, do I have enough money in the big pot? And you're trying to constantly do this evaluation of, okay, do I, do I have these bills that are coming out? Or is there enough money? I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I think so because I want to spend right now. And then people make those bad decisions, right? All of that's gone because it's not coming out of one big pot. You already decided at the beginning when you got paid to put $500 into the carnival cube or the entertainment cube. And now you know and you feel completely free to spend those dollars for that purpose, knowing fully, yeah. fully well that all the other bills and everything are already taken care of because you planned it that way. And, and, and the so, system enabled it very simplistically to just happen. So when you set it up the first time, most people probably don't know even roughly how much they spend in different categories, utilities, food, entertainment, and so on. So are you supposed to kind of go back and see how much you've spent? Or how do you come up with the numbers the first time to set how much should be in each cube? That's a great question. And a lot of people do it differently. Some people do come in and they know their numbers. So um, right now we're marketing mostly to or in, in, into this financial frugal uh, budgeting world. And so a lot of people that that are in that world are already doing something. They're either tracking on pieces of paper, they're, they're doing cash envelopes, they're using workbooks, they're, they're doing something. So they have, they have an idea. Um, <clears throat> other people start with their bills. So they'll come in and they'll begin entering their bills into the system. They'll start with those. And they may just have one bucket or one cube or maybe a, maybe a couple with just the basics that they'll start out with and they'll put the rest of their funds over there. And in time, as they create more purposes, they'll create more cubes. Um, so I was, I was out this past weekend, my little boy got hurt, and I realized, oh my gosh, I don't have a, a cube for medical expenses. So I just created one real fast, moved some money in there that I knew I needed to have some, and, and done. So I, I saw a new purpose, a need, and I wanted to make sure I had money available for that uh, in the future. So I created that, and it's good to go. So a lot of people kind of go, and, and it evolves with them. Um, so there's an unlimited number of cubes? From the beginning. There are unlimited, number, unlimited of cubes. number of cubes. And then you name them yourself, or do you have pre-existing categories that people should be filling in? Currently, they're, they're all named by the user, so you can give it any name you want, any name that is purposeful and meaningful to you. So if you're running out of money in one area, so you're you know, doing entertainment and you, you have the money allocated in another place, uh, it won't let you use more than you've got in that cube. Is that what you're saying? That's correct, but you can transfer money between cubes. So if you have maybe a surplus in one area or, or you have just extra money somewhere else and you decide that that purpose is less important to you right now than maybe buying shoes because there's a sale, you can move the money. But, um, but the idea, the, the, the way that it becomes the most powerful is that, again, when you get paid, 
you deploy all of your funds. You allocate all of your money into various cubes. So now you have everything with purpose. When money yeah. doesn't have purpose, this is when people get off because they'll just blow it on whatever because it didn't have any purpose, right? Yeah, And so Very that's, good. That's, the, that's the idea of, of what we're trying to enable simplistically through the app. Very good. We're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Ryan J. Clark. He's a personal finance expert, founder of Cube Money, and you can find out more about him at his website, which is cubemoney.com, spelled Q-U-B-E, money.com. We'll be back after this. For many people, it can be difficult and intimidating to get started investing. Most people don't learn about investing in school or even from their parents. So many people are left out of the benefits of investing because they just don't know how to get started. But the stock market is designed to have millions of people participate and enjoy the returns that are available from investing in stocks over the long run. That's why I recently joined Public.com, which is an investing social network which allows you to buy stocks for any amount of money while you share ideas and learn from a vibrant community of investors. I love the idea of Public.com because it's making the whole investing experience accessible, educational, and fun. You not only get all the usual tools to invest, like research on companies and mutual funds, but you also get to share your ideas and questions with a larger community of people all over the country. This is unlike any other stock trading platform you've ever used. Most stock trading services let you invest, but do not let you connect to a thriving community of knowledgeable investors. I find the app easy to navigate and loaded with useful features to help me research investments and connect with other like-minded people. You can follow anyone you like, including people you don't know, or even famous people who show you what's in their portfolios. It's really a great way to get ideas about what I want to invest in. The public.com app is free to use, and there are no account minimums, so you can start with a small amount of money, like even $1. There are no commissions when you buy or sell stocks, bonds, or mutual funds. You, know, you can also do fractional investing, where you buy a slice of a company if its shares cost too much. You look at companies like Amazon.com or Berkshire Hathaway or Microsoft that are hundreds or even thousands of dollars, you can buy a slice of those companies even if you can't afford a complete share. Public.com is creating a new, more inclusive culture for investing. When they say they want to open the stock market to everyone, they really mean everyone. The public.com community, community is made up of 40% women and 45% people of color. When you invest with public.com, you're never investing alone. They make it easy to collaborate and build your confidence as an investor. You get to connect with other users, friends, other members, and notable investors to learn new things together and see how much they're investing. Public.com takes the responsible approach. They don't promote risky or gambling light behavior. They don't offer complex trading tools to beginners or encourage day trading. Instead, they promote long-term investing habits. Public prides itself on transparency and won't sell your data to market makers or third parties like other brokers do. They offer a way to break free of traditional financial institutions that want you to spend more money and profit from your trading information. Go to public.com slash moneyanswers to follow me on public.com and see what I'm investing in. You can start investing today for as little as $1. You even get a free slice of stock when you join. 
So just go to public.com slash money answers to download the public.com app. This is valid for U.S. residents 18 years and older, subject to account approval. See public.com slash disclosures. They do not give investment advice. Nobody likes the guy who says, I told you so. The guy in 1991 who said to you, invest in the internet, it's going to be huge. Or the guy in 1997 who said, come on, this is going to be big. They call it social media. And the guy in 2009 who said, I'm telling you, man, crypto is real. Now, I'm not going to be that guy who says, I told you so. But I am telling you that there is a 21-year-old international company where you can become a global project partner earning a passive income doing exactly what you're doing at this moment. No selling, no recruiting clients, no administering a business after hours. Visit www.mypassiveincome.life now. That's mypassiveincome.life. Don't let history repeat itself on this one. Earn a passive income. Now listen again. That's mypassiveincome.life. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. The pace of change in the world is increasing exponentially and shows no signs of slowing down. Leadership is evolving and requires more and more innovative leaders to keep up. Innovating Leadership, co-creating our future with Maureen Metcalf, features interviews with global business leaders, thought leaders, and academics in a wide range of industries. Proven concepts and tools may be applied to build your organization and deliver sustainable success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Business. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Business news and discussions are always changing. In order to stay ahead of the game, sometimes you need to be a follower. You can follow the Voice America Business Channel on Twitter at Voice AM Business. Again, that's at Voice AM Business. And stay current. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Ryan J. Clark. 
He's a personal finance expert and founder of Cube Money, which you can find out about at cubemoney.com. Q-U-B-E money.com. Welcome back to the show, Ryan. Thank you so much, Jordan. So specifically as it relates to kids, how can people uh, teach kids about money using Cube Money? Oh, I love this topic. Uh, thank you for bringing it up. So, well, I imagine everyone's been like me. So I love teaching about personal finance. And I go to my kids and they come home from babysitting or something and they bring home a 20, $20 bill. And I want to teach them about purpose and how to break their money up in these different envelopes and, and start saving for this, that, or the other and put this, this amount over here for, for uh, charity and this amount for, for savings. And it's really hard to do that with a $20 bill. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's hard to do that um, even with a Venmo account or if someone's paying through that. It's make, all, our whole system still has that same problem we were talking about earlier where the environment itself makes it difficult to do what people naturally want to do with their money. They want to give it purpose, but the system itself doesn't enable that. So what, what I end up doing is, as a parent is I'll talk to my kids, but then I have a really hard time helping them to implement. And if you go out on, online and look across the plethora of amazing financial education that exists out there, you'll see that there's great education, but it's really hard for people to implement long-term. Cube solves that. So what we have, um, and this, and, and our, our kids' platform isn't quite out, but the, the concept up there that, that we'll have uh, probably late uh, summer is what we're targeting uh, for to, to have, have the kids out, is that everyone can be united in one simple system. So the same system that mom and dad are using or, or dad or mom with the kids, it's the same concepts that they'll be able to teach and demonstrate to the kids. They're all inside of one simple system. What does that mean? It means it's digital, which is easy, easily divisible. They'll have their own cube so they can create purpose for whatever they want. They can... Uh, parents can teach them and say, hey, do you want to save up for a, a trip that they want to go on? I've got a daughter right now who's super excited about travel. So that, that was a recent conversation we had. But anything that they want, a new bicycle, a car, whatever it is, they can create the, the desire to want to budget based around the purpose and the goals and dreams that their children have and do it all inside of one simple system. Another really cool thing about, about having everything united is it allows a, we, we've seen from other systems that money is very social, right? People go to lunch and they're sharing money. People grab a cab, they, they split the cost, right? Money has to be somewhat social. And inside of Cube, we've made that really easy where you can also share money with the kids, not only split the, the cost of things, but you can also share money. So Jordan, if you and I were going to go on, uh, going to go see, see a show or something and you were buying the tickets, I could actually share my entertainment cube with you and you could spend from that as you're buying the tickets which would eliminate the need for me to have to do any kind of reimbursement or even have to worry about figuring out what the exact amount was or something it just i would just share it to you you'd spend right from my money along is it a with transfer it's like money. a venmo transfer i mean you, you go to the box office the two of us are going to split the tickets you would transfer money from your entertainment account into mine and I would pay for the full thing or the two of us would pay each half. How would that work? Yeah, so it's simpler than, than Venmo. So if you do, if you do a, you know, any kind of a transfer, whether you're doing Zelle or Venmo or whatever, um, it, you would transfer the money over and then the expense happens and then you have to transfer back the difference. And that's the piece that, would, that Cube eliminates. There's no need to transfer money back. I would just transfer you, a, or I would share with you the ability to temporarily use 
my queue and spend directly from my account. So when you're when you're creating that transaction, actually buying the tickets, it would just charge for whatever that amount is, and the money returns. Uh, done. Uh-huh. One one step. Super simple. How about taxes? Now taxes is not something people are typically going to pay with their debit card. Uh, how do you allocate for taxes as uh, part of your cubes? Well, allocating for anything can be done the same way. So you can create a, a cube and start saving money into that, which for a lot of people that are self-employed, that's a great way to go. Uh, for people that, um, for, for a lot of others who are having that deduction happen with each paycheck, they're usually getting money back. In that case, you know, that's just a deposit back into the system, which works like any other bank. And then the other thing would be investing. So if you're buying stocks or mutual funds, particularly on a regular basis, an automatic investing plan of some type, how do you allocate that through your cube? So this is really cool. So you can have the money come in. You can set up an investment cube. Uh, so, you, so your money comes into the cloud, the cube cloud. From there, you have to give it purpose. So you would then move it into your investment cube and, and your other various cubes, right? You fund all of them, basically. You fund them to the amount that you've determined you want in that cube, right? So you fund everything. Then with that investment cube, you can actually schedule to move its money to an investment of your choice. So I heard during the break, um, uh, uh, the, um, shoot, I'm blanking on the name. What was it? Uh, Public.com. Public. Public. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So you could transfer money right over to public and have it go in consistently because that's one of the key things with investments is you want to be consistent. And this can help make that happen and do so from a cash flow basis instead of like a, I mean, from a, sorry, from a a proactive cash flow basis rather than a end of the month, do I have enough money uh, or, or saving whatever's left? I hate hearing from people that they save or invest whatever's left over at the end of the month because as you and I know, there's rarely any money left over at the end of the month, right? Yeah. So, so this way you can. You can schedule it, set it up so everything happens according to your design, um, but doing it from a proactive, purposeful standpoint. How does this affect communication within a family? It seems to me uh, the wife may want to spend more and the husband invest more or vice versa. Uh, I mean, there's going to be a lot of very tense moments here in agreeing in advance of how much should go into what cube. And then as the world goes on, how much to transfer out of something that one person doesn't want and to another person they do want. It's just like a lot of communication that has to be done here to make this all work out. There is. And in fact, money, regardless of what system you use, requires a lot of communication. Um, so we have as one of our goals, uh, as probably the number one goal, is to reduce the divorce rate in America by 1%. It's ambitious, but when you think about it, communication is actually at the core of most financial problems, right? Him or her will will suddenly discover uh, that the other has spent money that they didn't didn't think it was valuable, Um, or or maybe one of them has trouble executing the plan that, that they've created together because all the money is in one bucket, and they end up on the credit card. And over time, this erodes and... Uh, destroys or can destroy the relationship between that couple. So communication is ex- extremely important. And where Cube really excels is that it, it allows the couple to sit down in the beginning and decide how do we want our money deployed versus, oh, hey, I got paid. Let's go, let's go spend a little bit here. And then money is going to randomly come out and maybe we'll spend over here and a little bit over there. But none of it's actually, you know, there's, no, there's no thought uh, beforehand. 
for, for a lot of families. Now, I'm, I'm generalizing here, but this is what happens for a lot of people because of the system that we're all operating out of. It's one bucket, and it makes it really difficult to have that conversation. So what Cube does is, yeah, you, you get paid. You decide proactively together how you want your money deployed. And then, and I, ideally, each one of you has um, a fun bucket, right, a fun cube, that is your own. You can do whatever you want with it because there has to be freedom and individuality even inside of, of, of a marriage or, or a relationship. You, can, you have to have that and, and have that freedom. And generally that freedom can be given very easily when the other feels safe that there is a control or a limit that they can't exceed. So then you can go spend the money on whatever as long as there's a cap at you know, a couple yeah. hundred dollars or whatever. Very and good. that's what Cube facilitates. Now, let's say that, uh, and just for an example, let's say she's out and she sees this, this great sale on some shoes that she really wants, but she doesn't have enough money left in her clothing cube. You know, together, the couple put the money in there, and now it's, there's not sufficient, but it's a really good deal. She really wants these shoes, right? She has the opportunity to then transfer the money, but it, it causes her to have to weigh out the, the, the priorities of the couple. Could be very interesting discussions. We have to go through a break, actually. Oh, yeah. uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Ryan J. Clark. He's a personal finance expert and founder of Cube Money, which helps people budget and make better use of their money and by making conscious decisions about where it should go. Uh, the website you can find out more is cubemoney.com, Q-U-B-E money.com. We'll be back after this. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Do you or someone you love have a life insurance policy that's no longer needed or not affordable? Did you know that you can sell your policy for cash? Your reason for buying life insurance has probably changed. Thousands of Americans turn to life insurance settlements to help sell their policies. They act as your representative, getting the highest market offer for you. You've got nothing to lose by simply inquiring. If you're over 64 with $100,000 or more of life insurance, you may already qualify. Call 877-485-6681 to get your free non-binding appraisal or visit FundingLife.com. Life Insurance Settlements. Discover the true value of your life insurance. 877-485-6681. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Ryan J. Clark, personal finance expert and founder of Cube Money, 
which helps people be more conscious in the way they spend their money. You can find out more at his website, qubemoney.com. Welcome back to the show, Ryan. Thank you, Jordan. So we were talking about uh, uh, communication, I guess you might say, inside a family as to how money is being spent. So let's do a scenario. So the wife is at the store. She sees these shoes she really wants to buy. She does not have enough money in her her shoes cube, um, and she really wants to buy these things. And she's going to take money out of the food cube or whatever it may be, some other place. Uh, she's a, a message is going to go to the husband saying, "We're taking money out of food for the, the shoes cube. Is that okay with you?" I mean, this sounds like this could be very intrusive and cause a lot of conflict. If, if the if what if the husband says no? We're keeping it in food. You can't get the shoes. I mean, you've already started an argument. So it just sounds like it could be very contentious in day-to-day dealing with spending. It could be. So it's an option. So what we're doing with Cube is providing a lot of tools that users have never had, but they've always wanted. These are are conversations that are going to happen anyway. If someone feels that something is very valuable to them and the other one disagrees, there's going to be a conversation. But you want to have that conversation before the purchase is made versus afterwards, because then it feels like robbery. Right? And, that, and that, that, that really destroys the relationship. But if these conversations can happen beforehand, then each one can really talk through it and they'll feel more honored and respect or respected uh, having done it beforehand. So we do have a partner permissions option or a setting that you can set on particular cubes. Like, for example, if you have a Disneyland vacation, right? you don't want her or him or uh, you know, jumping in and just taking money for whatever. Uh, because another real concern of, of many partners is that the one will go in and just rob all the cubes to buy whatever the heck they want yeah. and not care, right? It, it's a real concern for many couples. And so, again, you set this up together. The idea is you sit down and you set this up together. You know, a lot of people that are trying to do budgeting, they're spending, if they're budgeting at all in the beginning, they'll they'll spend an hour to three hours sometimes on a weekly basis, trying to budget. It's exhausting. That's why a lot of people hate budgeting because it takes so much work. It's such a chore. Cube makes it really easy. You set it up once and maybe you're talking once a month for less than an hour. Many of our users reporting r- report doing it for 15 minutes uh, once a month after they get the initial setup done. So they're able to have that conversation early on and then any changes, they, they're, they're much, it, it's much easier for them to talk about it um, but the system, as, as a default, it will notify when there's a change. So if I transfer money from one cube to the other, that's a change in the plan, right? I just changed how much money we designed to have go out for these different purposes. Um, so it's going to send my partner a note saying, hey, Ryan, just move this money from this cube to this cube, just FYI. And then you can have a conversation about it. But if we have that partner permissions setting on, it's actually going to lock it down and say, ah, the other one has to agree. So then a message goes out and says, hey, Ryan wants to spend from this cube or transfer money from it. Do you agree? And they can just agree right there in the app or not. So it's not a yes or no. It's a, it's a yes or let's talk about this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, this is a level of communication I think most couples do not have when it comes to money. The whole system is much more conscious about money than most people are even approaching <laughs> at all. I, so what are the benefits of it? So, say you do this perfectly. Uh, you're saving money by not uh, wasting it. You're not, uh, I mean, exactly what is the, the payoff for using this whole system? Well, so about two weeks ago, I did a, a uh, living room 
uh, meeting with uh, some of our longtime power users. They set up a, a little cube party. This was this was their own doing. It was a really fun thing, and they invited me to come in and just talk about the story. And as they evolved, they all wanted to share their experience with Cube, and I wasn't expecting this at all. I, I had no idea. Um, and these couples, there were six couples in the room, and they went through and they talked about a lot of the same things we're talking about here. They talked about how it's impacted their kids, but especially talked about how it's impacted them as a couple. And honestly, Jordan, I came away from this meeting practically in tears to hear that the thing that I had hoped would create this kind of uh, relationship or this, this, these types of changes in, in a relationship that it had been achieved. Because mm-hmm. what I heard from them, one couple said month after month, she was failing to execute the plan that her CPA husband had, had built for them. And she constantly was feeling like a failure. Another one who's, who's a pastor said that it's either sex or money that, that, that pulls couples apart. And Cube has the power to influence both dramatically. Another couple said their sex life's better. They have more trust. They respect uh-huh. each other. So those are the things that, for me, um, are the rewards. When you have this kind of communication, when you have this connection, and you feel like you're both on the same page, your relationship improves. It improves with, with your children. Mm-hmm. It's not from a reactionary, uh, oops, forgot to tell you about that, or shoot, I messed up again. You know, It's not from that standpoint, but it's from a position of power and purpose. It must be rough at first to get used to this, but once you get into it and have a pattern of communication like this, I guess it could be good. But a lot of people are not going to be used to this at the beginning. Yeah, you know, we hear a lot of people say that the the requirement to have to open a queue before spending, that, oh, that sounds so hard. But think about it. And and I actually, let me, let me caveat that real quick. We do have, Cube has the ability to have an always-on cube. So you can set it up where one of your cubes is just always on. So this past weekend was spring break, and I, I had an adventure cube that I had set up and saved money in for this whole adventure that we did for nine days. It was awesome. And I just left that one open the entire week. I didn't go to anything else. I spent all the money out of that one because it was all part of the adventure. So you can set up, you can design cube in, in a, a variety of different ways to fit what you want it to do. So you can really implement any budgeting method that makes sense for you and put in as much or as little controls as you want. But in the entire time, you always have a lot of purpose. Everything's done how you want it to your desire. Yeah. We talk about digital money. The other digital money today are cryptocurrencies and, and Bitcoin. Because that, could you be allocating Bitcoin along with regular money in your account? How, how would cryptocurrencies play into your whole system? You know, I would love, I'm a big fan of cryptocurrencies. I would love to see us totally move to cryptocurrency and have that be our, our currency, just as a personal note there. But um, really, Cube is agnostic of any currency. It, does, it doesn't matter. It, it, Cube is a, uh, it, it worries about the, the behavior and how the money is being managed and whether that's euros or Bitcoin or dollars, it doesn't care. Yeah. Now, you've done a book as well called The Order of Wealth, where you kind of put this into action. Some specific things you talk about in there are the purpose of control. Um, talk a little bit about the purpose of control as it relates to money. So what I found through my 13 years of, of uh, financial planning and coaching with, with clients was that there's three basic steps that, that follow uh, or that, that wealth building follows. It's control, capitalize, and invest. What I don't like is hearing a lot of people investing before they really understand how to control their money. I feel like it, it's, it's uh, well, they're, they're gambling. 
they don't really know. If you can't, if, if you haven't learned how to save your own money and control your cash flow, you really have no business investing. Doesn't that's that's my opinion. Um, so, but what's interesting about this book is that it was through this book that that in, in part that Cube came about because I didn't love what I had. I didn't love what was in there uh, in the book around control. So the the whole concept of control is is I have this concept of a financial house. And you build a financial house. It starts at the foundation. The foundation is your cash flow, right? And controlling that, out of that foundation comes everything else, right? It has the walls and the roof, which are your protection and safety elements. And inside, you've got your assets and liabilities. And all of that is created out of the foundation. If someone cannot control their foundation, none of the rest of the house is going to be well, complete. It's going to have holes everywhere in it because the foundation is built upon sand, if you will. So, um, so that's basically the, the, the element there is, is Cube is the solution that I was looking for that I, that I really wanted to, to implement or, or to, to give to people to help them to fully control their cash flow and have it do exactly what they want. You have a chapter you call Wall Street is the Wolf. Uh, isn't Wall Street the way you can make lots of money? Why is Wall Street the wolf? So a lot of people, it's like what I was saying, a lot of people get into investing just like someone would go to gamble in Vegas. And I think that's wrong because they're not investors. They're just looking for a quick win. Can you make a bunch of money? Sure, but there's a lot of money being lost over there as well. You don't have all those big buildings, you know, or the Vegas shows and the fancy lights over there by everyone winning. There's a lot of loss happening. And in, on, on Wall Street, they do it with fees and things. And I go into a, a lot of that in, in my book of, of what to watch out for. Now, don't get me wrong. I love investing, but I, I do things very principally or principle-based. Um, and I like, people to see, I like to see people do it in order, um, in, in the proper order. So I, for my clients, I typically wouldn't get them into investing until I knew their, their bases were covered. I, again, like I said earlier, if you don't know how to save money, you really shouldn't be investing quite yet. Those, there's, there's steps and, and, and a pattern of growth that needs to happen there first. You also talk about the 401k monster. Why is the 401k a monster? So 401ks are laden with fees. They're, they're really, uh, for, for most people, they don't understand what they are and they jump into them again before they, before they really should. So we'll have a lot of people that'll, that'll get a 401k before they have any money in a savings account. And that's wrong. That's wrong. You need to have liquid, uh, cash that you can access because 401k doesn't have access. 401k is very, well, there's no access and control, right? 401k, the only reason people do 401ks when you really boil it down is because they're getting a match. If you weren't getting a match, why would you do it? They're so full of fees that it's just really expensive. And there's a lot of other ways. If you're not getting that match, there's, that much, there's other, other ways that are much better at, uh, at putting that money away. But if you do have a match, they're amazing. So that's, that's, the, that's the big thing. Uh, All the fees okay. make, make it a monster, yeah. Okay, we're going to take another break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Ryan J. Clark, personal finance expert and founder of Cube Money, which you can find out more at his website, cubemoney.com, spelled Q-U-B-E, money.com, a way to help you uh, keep, get control uh, of your spending in various ways. We'll be back after this. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. 
Are you a homeowner tired of making monthly mortgage payments with little progress towards paying down your principal? Does paying off your home in five to seven years without making larger or more frequent payments sound appealing? Paying off your home in full in five to seven years is really possible thanks to Truth and Equity's Mortgage Equity Optimization System, a money management approach that puts your money to work for you 24-7. If you own a home with some equity, have a decent credit score and verifiable income, you owe it to yourself to learn more about Truth and Equity's program. There's no need to replace your mortgage or refinance in many cases. The system works for new home purchases as well as current mortgages. Your home is your largest investment. Own it outright in five to seven years. Call Truth and Equity, 888-262-5540 or visit truthandequity.com, 888-262-5540. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour, Ryan J. Clark, is a personal finance expert, founder of Cube Money, which you can find out about at cubemoney.com, Q-U-B-E money.com. Welcome back to the show, Ryan. Thank you, Jordan. You've got something called Cube Masters. What is that? Cube Masters. Okay, so initially when I when I created Cube Money, I thought, man, there's all this great financial education all over the place. I want to create a tool that can that can support and implement those tools or those those training systems. But what I found out really fast is that people were coming to us and they were asking us how to create a budget. So like the question you asked in the beginning, how much do I put in each category of money? Um, that it, it's a valid question. And so um, I began creating Cube Masters uh, with, um, with my co-founder of Cube Money, Shane Walker. And so he took the principles that he and I both love from uh, the order of wealth. We put a lot more digital, uh, or put a digital spin onto it because re- we realized that people consume more media nowadays digitally, right, than in a book. And we created a system called Cube Masters that, that has all the essence of my book, the order, the order of Wealth, as well as a bunch of uh, other principles in it as well. Is that all free? Um, we have uh, we offer part of it for free, and then the rest is is paid. And what is the subscription model for Cube Money? For Cube Money, uh, we have a free account, uh, and then we have two paid accounts. So the the free account is basically designed to compete with our competitors that have free accounts as well. Uh, so it's 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 everything, but on a basic level. The premium account adds in a secondary card. So for, for anyone who wants to do their money with, with a partner, that is our premium account. And then we have the family. And family, obviously, you add in the kids. And how much are the premium accounts? It's 8 and 15. So 8 for the premium, 15 a month for the, the family. And just roughly how many, I know you, joined it, you started pretty recently, but roughly how many people have you signed up so far? We have about 6,700 accounts on the system. Uh, as of, I think, last week. Uh-huh. Okay, very good. You talk in your book, uh, The Order of Wealth, about life insurance a lot and talk about uh, term uh, and invest the difference versus whole life as a way of investing. What are the pros and cons of term versus cash value insurance? So let me first just caveat this. There's not, not everyone is the same, and I don't like saying, I don't like blank uh, or black and white conversations um, because we get, a, we get a lot of that from the financial entertainers in our society right now. 
uh, where they'll say everyone should buy term or everyone should do this. But then when we look at the numbers, we see that not everyone is doing that. And there must be a good reason. People that make more money need different tools than someone who's making less money. People that make less money use different tools. So just a caveat, uh, this conversation, term is a phenomenal tool for exactly what it does. Um, however, the, uh, the permanent life insurance options are, are really incredible uh, when they're used correctly and when you have the right type of client. Now, there's a lot of stories of people using those incorrectly, which I could go through in, in detail. Yeah. What, what uh, is so. incorrect versus correct use of, of uh, cash value insurance? So, again, for me, you, you have to start with making sure that financial house is, is set, right? You don't put – someone doesn't start a, a permanent policy – if their cash flow, you know, the, the foundation of their home is leaking, you, you, you don't do that. You have to button up all the other elements first. And, and while you're doing that, you buy a term. But as someone builds their financial home, term is also ex extremely expensive over time. It has a really low price, but its cost is really high because you never get that money back. Right? You've got a 2% chance of ever needing that thing, which means you're just forking out money. Right? You're just paying and paying and paying. Whereas permanent, you can own the thing. So, you know, you could ask the question, which is better, renting a house or buying a house? Which is better, leasing a car or buying a car, right? There's, there are differences between uh, ownership, and that's, that's part of the conversation, part of the conversation between term and permanent life insurance. If you do term, people say buy term and invest the difference, but a lot of people don't actually invest the difference. So <laughs> yeah, they, they, they don't. To have term and invest the difference, is, is that a viable option for most people? You know, that, that whole concept came out of the 80s uh, when, when Whole Life was the primary thing that people were, were purchasing, Whole Life, and then eventually uh, Universal Life came into the picture. Uh, and that's why they had to compete against that. So you had this buy term, invest the difference, and then go into mutual funds. And that's also when mutual funds came out. And that seemed like such a great idea. And during the run-up of the 90s, when you could, you know, a monkey could throw a dart at anything in the stock market and make money, <laughs> it seemed great. But then when things came back to reality after the, you know, the, the, uh, the big bubble collapsed, um, that, that whole concept fell apart because the interest rate, the, the growth in the market wasn't there. And, and without that that, that, that strategy does fall apart. Yeah. You also have a chapter on life in retirement. What are some things people should do to plan to have a decent retirement? Because a lot of people are getting there and not really planning enough. They're taking Social Security at 62, the first moment they can get their hands on it and not really having enough to uh, live in retirement. How can they handle that better? Yeah, so again, not it, it's not a one-size-fits-all. Um, I would say for some people, 62, taking retirement or taking Social Security might be okay, but I'm probably more with you. Generally, it's better to wait, especially when you can calculate uh, that your guaranteed growth rate on waiting is 8%. That's a pretty decent return, um, if you can wait. But again, everyone's situation is different. So, um but the big thing with retirement that I look at is very little conversation from Wall Street is around the idea of, of a holistic plan. They, they talk a lot about the, the buildup and getting your nest egg, just, and so it's the, the accumulation of money. And not enough conversation is happening on the backside. How does the money get distributed? So, for example, we were talking about the 401k earlier. The 401k is, is, is great for accumulating. You know, if you've got that match on there, it's a great vehicle. I recommend it all the time to my clients if they have that match. But it's really bad at distribution. It's really expensive. And so you want to layer in other, other financial products and other strategies to make sure that you're not just getting killed by taxes. Um, 
or or well, yeah, that's that's generally just the, to be the clear, four one k is bad on the distribution because it's all taxable as you take it out. Why is Correct. it so bad on the distribution side? Yeah, it's all it, it's it's taxable. Yeah, so it, it was never designed for distribution at all. Right? It was designed We've had to many accumulate. years of tax deferred growth, right? So mm-hmm. that's better than having it be taxed every year. Sure. Sure. So what I find is that when I when I can take a 401k, when I when I have a client that has uh, a 401k, and that's all they have, there's very little I can do. But if I can combine that with other types of assets, I can actually uh, generally increase the amount of tax or sorry tax sorry I can increase their their cash flow in retirement by anywhere from 40 to 60 percent, typically, when I can combine it inside of a strategy. Now that has nothing to do with rate of return. That's another problem that a lot of people get too fixated on. They think everything should be rate of return driven, and it shouldn't be because you've got to look at the whole picture. It's like mountain climbing. So I love climbing mountains. Uh, not, not really climbing. It's, it's more I love running trails and and going to peaks. Um, and statistically, 80% of the accidents happen on the way down. You're fatigued. The weather often changes, and th- those accidents happen. It's interesting in retirement. 80% of the accidents, you could call them, in retirement happen on the distribution side. People aren't prepared. And then they get locked into a fixed income that is much, much less than what they could have enjoyed with some better planning. Mm-hmm. So what I, what I would recommend is people do um, get advice from different types of planners. You've got a lot of guys that really are mutual fund salesmen. That's all they know. It's all they understand. And that can be great if that's what you want. But find a holistic planner because they understand both the climb up the mountain and the distribution coming back down. And they can, they can help to strategize a full plan and a strategy with you. But you want to start early, obviously. Early Let's start. talk briefly about the state of financial education in this country. Uh, <laughs> okay. Is it getting better? I mean, there are certain states, I think it's 21 states now, that have mandated personal finance education or to graduate from high school. Is financial education getting better in this country? Well, I, I would say there's much more awareness and people want um, – People want more. Is is it getting better? Um, looking at cash flow specifically, I the the um, the environment again. The environment itself still does not enable good financial uh, discipline or, or principles to exist. So that has to change. Because you can again, you can teach all you want inside of a school or inside of a college. You can teach these great financial principles, but if you have no way to implement them, or implementing them is too hard, then everyone's going to default back to whatever the system naturally does, right? It's, it's the idea of going to your fridge. If your fridge is full of junk food, you're most likely going to eat junk food. If it's full of healthy food, you're most likely going to eat healthy food. That's, you know, and people are inherently lazy and for good reason, we're trying to be efficient, right? If the system enables um, bad financial principles, they're going to, they're, they're going to continue those. Right. So should, 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 is educating, education getting better? Yeah, I think to a degree, but it's you know we're just educating people that they should eat healthier, but are they doing it? Right? We make it easy for them to do that. Very good. Yeah, you got to make. Thanks it easy. so much, Ryan. Appreciate it. We've had a very interesting conversation. My guest this hour has been Ryan J. Clark, personal finance expert and founder of Cube Money. You can find out more about what he does at cubemoney.com. Q U B E money.com. Thanks so much. We've learned an awful lot, Ryan. Thanks again. Thank you. And we'll be back next week with another edition of the Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now.
Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.